Changed by Love is the teaching ministry of Pastor Jim Kevney of Calvary Chapel, Morris Hills, located in Dover, New Jersey. Our desire is to teach the Word of God with passion and simplicity, as well as a direct application for our lives. With that in mind... The law is not to be hated. I know a lot of people hate the law. The law is not to be hated. It's meant to bring us to repentance. It's meant to bring us to the gospel highway. It's meant to reveal the sin in our heart. It's meant to reveal the idols in our heart. Remember Jesus told the parable, we will not have this man rule over us. It's to help us turn to Jesus and put our trust in the one who lived perfectly. What do you think of when you hear the phrase, the law of God? Do you think of burdensome rules and regulations? Do you dismiss it as a useless part of the Bible? Or do you see the incredible connection between the law of God and the coming Messiah, the Lord Jesus Christ? In Galatians chapter 3, the Apostle Paul shows us that the law was an on-ramp to the gospel. In other words, it led us on to the main road of Jesus Christ and Him crucified as the only way to get to heaven. Let's join Pastor Jim as he explains this for us. The promises were really made to the seed and will come through the seed, but the beneficiaries are the people who are in Christ, that doctrine we've been talking about, the doctrine of union with Christ. So as we've seen in Galatians, this union with Christ theology is key to the Apostle Paul, but notice how often he uses the word promise. He uses that word over and over again. And a promise is what the Lord will do, while the law is what we do. Now, don't answer this question too quickly. Who do you trust? Do you trust in what God does, or do you trust in what you do? Now, here's the easy thing. Here's the, here, not easy thing. Here's the, here's, the, here's, the, here's the thing you have to think about. The Apostle Paul came to Galatia, started the churches, founded the churches, planted the churches, preached the gospel to them. They had the best of the best of the best outside of Jesus. They had the best. The world has never seen anybody better than the Apostle Paul. But after these false teachers came in and started teaching these things that needed to be added on, the Apostle Paul had to come back and preach the gospel to them again because they lost the good news of Jesus Christ. And let me make a bold and somewhat arrogant statement to you. If you think you understand the grace of God, you don't. If you think you understand the gospel, you don't. You are immature and you will always remain that way. Because God has designed it that it is an unfolding mystery to unfold every day in our lives. So we keep peeling back, peeling back, peeling back, and getting closer and closer and closer to Christ. And if you and I are not doing that, let us not be so arrogant as to think what happened in Galatia could never happen to any of us. Let me give you an example. How many people would say to you that they believe in Jesus but you go, to, you go to heaven by being a good person. They don't know the gospel. 
how often do we think, we know that God sees us in Christ. How often do we think God is so disappointed with me as a Christian? I'm such a loser because I'm not living up to my expectations. You see, it's very easy to default to myself and what I'm doing instead of what is God doing in the midst of what I'm doing. And before I know it, I've lost the gospel. I'm more here, I think it's, if salvation depends on good works, then there's a good chance we're not going to see Abraham in heaven. I mean, he was, born, he was born before Moses in the law. But thank God that Abraham will be there because he believed God, he trusted God, and all who put their trust in Jesus will meet Abraham in heaven. So what is God saying? That he didn't change the plan. (laughs) A bunch of religious people came along and did. And a bunch of religious people still are coming along today in Bible-believing churches too and changing the plan. Some are adding things that need to be done and some are subtracting things. And so we need to be careful. Romans 4, verse 13 and 14. For the promise that he would be the heir of the world was not to Abraham or to his seed through the law, but through the righteousness of faith. For if those who are of the law are heirs, faith is made void and the promise made of no effect. So if it depends upon what we do, then the promise of God? Meaningless, means nothing. Salvation depends on a God who cannot break his promises made to a people that continuously break his law. Did we hear that? It's very important. Let me say it again. Salvation depends on a God who cannot break his promises made to people who constantly break his law. Thank God that God deals with us in relation to our faith in Christ on our believing his promise that only Jesus saves. But as we just said, our temptation is the same as the Galatians. Our temptation is to get our eyes off Jesus onto ourselves and thinks that, think that is how God accepts us. So, here's another one. I say to people all the time. So, are you a Christian? Well, I'm trying. <laughs> you don't try. You either are or you aren't. <laughs> I, I, I'm, that's a different question than are, are you trying to walk with the Lord or you're doing, or you're, you know, trying to do this. Or that. No, 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 no. You either are a Christian or you're not. You're not trying. You're not trying. You've either received the gift or you haven't, and you need to put your trust in Jesus. Now, this kind of stuff, if we don't get it right, and if we don't think about it every day, every day, preach the gospel to yourself every day. Go to the foot of that cross every day. Remember like we did last week? Go to the foot of that cross, close your eyes, and imagine that and think, that should have been me. Do it every day. Because if you don't, this stuff will wreak havoc with your faith. You will be insecure. You will be rendered largely ineffective in the, in the work of the gospel. And if that's you tonight, if your eyes are on you, 
I'm not saying we don't examine ourselves, but our main focus is on Jesus Christ and him crucified. If that's you tonight, if all eyes are on you, the Lord calls you tonight back to the foot of the cross. Verse 19, the apostle, he's, see, when you're, when you're studying this stuff to, to figure, one of the hard parts of figuring it out is you gotta, you gotta anticipate what are the questions that are being asked. Remember, we don't have, we're not privy to certain information. He founds a church. He has his guys go check it out. You know, his, his, his traveling buddies, they come back and they go, this is what they're saying. These are the questions. This is what's going on. And so he's writing back to them based upon what he taught them when he was with them and what he knows the questions are that they are asking. And so we have to kind of do, think about what and what, anticipate some of the things that might be asked or something like that. So he anticipates the question, verse 19. What purpose then does the law, the Mosaic covenant, what purpose then does the law serve? So he's saying, I know what these guys are gonna say. They're gonna say, if it doesn't contribute to salvation or it's not a new way of salvation, what's up? What's the point? What's going on? And this, look at what he says. This, this, is, this is really important stuff. He says, it was added because of transgressions. So the law of Moses wasn't added because the people were so good. <laughs> it was added because they were so bad. And now look at this. Till the seed should come to whom the promise was made. Again, very, very slowly. Listen, look at what he says. The law was added because of transgressions, because of sin, till the seed, singular, should come to whom the promise was made. Now, uh, end of verse 19 and verse 20, perhaps the toughest verses in Galatians. And it was appointed through angels by the hand of a mediator. You might want to just write in the margin of your Bible, Deuteronomy 33. Check that out for your homework. Verse 20, now a mediator does not mediate for one only, but God is one. No lie. There are estimated over 300 different interpretations of what we just read. Okay, number one. No, we're not going to do all. We're not going to do all three hundred. <laughs> Some of you are like, "Oh no, I gotta, I gotta go to work tomorrow, man." Let Let's just break it down to the maybe the easiest way to understand it. The law came to the people of God through mediators, angels, and Moses, but the promise came to Abraham directly from God. Does that that sounds simple? You want to hear the other 299 if that doesn't sound simple? Some of the things that people say about the law, which, which makes sense, but we have to think it through a little. Again, we'll try and keep it simple. There's a case to be made that God's people needed the law to behave. And the law works to a point. I mean, Route 80, speed limit 65. Not many of you go over 85. <laughs> I've seen you drive. <laughs> buzzing by me on the way to church in the morning. <laughs> but the law works to a point. 
some things we don't do because we don't want to get in trouble. Another point is the law showed people what was sin. That's why a lot of people don't want to hear the Bible because they're like, I don't want to hear, I only want to hear happy and positive things. Uh, just tell me I'm a really great person. Lie to me, I don't care. <laughs> so the Bible showed us what's sin. Uh, also, it, the law shows us that we constantly failed and needed the grace of God. The, 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 the law also pointed us to the fact that we were going to need a mediator Messiah. But another odd thing, and actually might be the best case of all, is that the law actually makes us sin more. It, because the law intensifies our sin nature. Do you ever not want to do something until somebody told you not to do it? <laughs> you're like, so you see a no trespassing sign, you're like, whatever. Somebody's like, oh, you should see what's behind that fence. <laughs> and now, all of a sudden, you're like, yeah, yeah, I, I want to do that. So the false teachers might be saying we need more law and more rules to get the people to behave. Our world packages it a little bit differently and says, if people were, were better educated, then everybody would be better. Now, I'm not against rules. I, I, um, I just hate the word because I hate what people have done with the, with the, with the word. You know, uh, but all my years in the business world, people would say, if you want to do business with us, here are the rules. And I would just tell the staff, all right, here's the deal. They want us to follow the rules, and we want their money. <laughs> so this is what we're going to have to do. We have to follow the rules. But the reason I hate the word is people just excuse themselves from it because they don't want to do it. And they go, rules. All these stupid rules. Even people say, well, we need to know what to do. So you tell them what to do. They go, we don't want to do this. So let's just call them policies and procedures. <laughs> I'm not against education. I'm all for it. I have lots of receipts to tell you that I have spent a lot of money educating my three children. But education is not an answer for the rebellion that's in our hearts. The real problem is we just don't like to be told what to do. We don't even want God to tell us what to do. Romans 3.20, Therefore, by the deeds of the law, no flesh will be justified in his sight, for by the law is the knowledge of sin. In other words, the law was not given to save men and women, but to reveal sin and to point to our need for a savior. Now, it's interesting. Verse 19 here says that the law was added. That word literally means that the law came in by a side road. Let's think of it this way, the way we think of stuff. The law was given to us as an on-ramp to the gospel. So the, think of the gospel highway. None of us are on it. None of us even know or care we're not on it. God says, I'm going to give you the law. I'm going to give you an on-ramp. I'm going to give you a way to see how to get on the highway and to notice that you're not on the highway. So the law is not to be hated. I know a lot of people hate the law. The law is not to be hated it's meant to bring us to repentance. It's meant to bring us to the gospel highway. 
It's meant to reveal the sin in our heart. It's meant to reveal the idols in our heart. Remember Jesus told the parable, we will not have this man rule over us. It's to help us turn to Jesus and put our trust in the one who lived perfectly. Now, a lot of people say, I don't have idols. We've talked about this so many times before. We have no time to really talk about it. But let me just give you one I heard some people talking about the other day. They saw some people on television, and they were talking about, oh, those people. Would you ever think you're better than other people? Oh, come on now, you liars. That's sinful. And that should drive us to Jesus. Now, here's the concept I think that's going to help a lot of us turn the corner in understanding law, the law of Moses, because we're going to talk later on in Galatians about the law of Christ. So if you think the law of, of Moses is demanding, uh, maybe in rituals it is, but, but in actual love and heart, and boy, we really need the Holy Spirit. So let's help us turn the corner. Verse 19 He said the law, essentially, he says the law was temporary till the seed came. This is a monster point not to be missed. When your friends say to you or your unbelieving friends say to you, you know, those YouTube three-minute, they watch those three-minute YouTube videos, and, and they say to you, well, are you mixing your kinds of fabrics or, um, I noticed when we went out to dinner, you ordered the shrimp and the scallop at the hibachi place. Not cool. Not cool. And you're going to be like, oh, man, what do I say? Aren't you still supposed to be doing all that stuff? Here's what your answer is. The law was never intended to last forever. It had an expiration date. What was the expiration date? He just told us, till the seed came. Till Christ came. That's why the apostle Paul is telling those guys, you don't need to tell these people they need to be circumcised. If they want to be, fine, they can. If they don't want to eat shrimp and scallops, fine. Give them to Pastor Jim. He loves that stuff, right? (laughs) You don't have to, you want to do that stuff, that's fine. But don't put that trip on other people. Because that stuff was temporary until the seed came. The false teachers are saying you got to keep the law. The religious leaders in Jesus' day kept, we are seeing it in Matthew, they keep adding to the law. The Apostle Paul's point is it's over because the seed of Abraham's promise came. And so the Apostle is is pointing out out to the false teachers and to the Galatians, you're confusing covenants. You're confusing the Abrahamic covenant, which was an eternal covenant depending upon the Lord, and the Mosaic covenant, which is a temporary covenant depending upon you. Verse 21, is the law then against the promises of God? Now, a lot of people would actually say yes today. Well, let's see what the Apostle Paul says. Certainly not. Is the law against the promises of God? No way. 
For if there had been a law given which could have given life, what does that mean? Eternal life. Truly righteousness would have been by the law. If it was possible, then God would have made it happen. But the scripture, and I think he's talking about the law, has confined all under sin. Another another version says has shut up, not meaning shut up your mouth, in the idea of it has imprisoned us under sin. You say, I am not imprisoned under sin. All right, let's see how long you can go without sinning. Let's see how long. Some of you are already like, when is this guy going to shut up? See? (laughs) But the scripture has confined all under sin that the promise by faith in Jesus Christ might be given to all those who behave. No, to those who believe. To all those who have received justification by faith. So he's quick to point out there's no conflict between Abraham and Moses. There's no conflict between grace and the law because both point us to Christ. In God's plan, the law pointed to our need for a Savior to save us from the penalty of death that Adam and Eve, you know, it's always their fault, that Adam and Eve brought into the world. But there's more. The law provided the framework under which Jesus Christ perfectly obeyed the law. Remember, he said, I came to fulfill the law. Bible students, this is what we call Jesus's active obedience. Jesus coming, fulfilling the law, perfectly living out the law of God doing everything that he was supposed to do, living in perfect 24-7 communion and trust with his heavenly father. That was his active obedience. And on the cross, the judgment of God was satisfied for our failure to obey the law. That's what we call Christ's passive obedience. Active, the way he lived. Passive, Basically, he took it, he was passive, he took it for us. Now, these verses here really put the nail in the coffin, and these are kinds of, there's a lot of these things if we were doing it on a Sunday, we'd already, we'd already have five messages done through what we're, doing, what we're doing tonight. These verses put the nail in the coffin of good people go to heaven. The false teachers back then would have just said this, it's law keepers that go to heaven. That's what they would have been saying. These verses summarize a lot of what is the theme of Romans 1 through 3. As the the Apostle Paul taught, listen, it doesn't matter whether you're immoral or you're ethical. It doesn't matter if you don't believe in God or you're the most religious person on the face of the earth, who's probably the hardest person to reach anyway. You need a Savior, And the Apostle Paul is clear here, this has always been God's plan to send his son and to save many through him by grace through faith. So the law was, and again, we have some some Bible terms we're throwing out here, active obedience, passive obedience. The law was, as Bible scholars would say, 
not only temporary, but it was preparatory. So the law of Moses was temporary in that it had an expiration date, and it was preparatory in, in the sense that it prepared you for the gospel. That's it for today with pastor and Bible teacher Jim Kevney of Calvary Chapel Morris Hills in Dover, New Jersey. We hope and pray that Pastor Jim's simple and passionate verse-by-verse, line-by-line teaching through the Word of God is bringing growth to your Christian faith. Now that you've heard from us, we would love to hear from you. Please let us know how we can pray for you, answer any questions you may have, and let us know how Change by Love has helped you. Perhaps you want someone to explain to you how to have your sins forgiven, how you can go to heaven, and how you can get started or restarted in your faith. Maybe you're looking for a good Bible-teaching church in your area, or maybe you just need someone to talk to. Remember, friends, we are here to serve you and to help you, so that someday the Lord will use you to serve and help others. That's the way the kingdom of God works, and we're thrilled to participate with you in the adventure. There are many ways to contact Pastor Jim and the team here at Change by Love. All of our contact information is on our website, www.changedbyloveradio.com. Once again, that's changedbyloveradio.com. Maybe you would like to bless us by writing us a card or a letter. Our mailing address is Changed by Love, 158 West Clinton Street, Dover, New Jersey, 07801. Once again, that's Changed by Love, 158 West Clinton Street, Dover, New Jersey, 07801. Please join us next time on this same station. Until then, stay close to Jesus, and we know that you too will be changed by His love.